gentlemen, welcome to the Women Respect Tours Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kay, and I'm here to introduce you to our starting lineup. So, starting at the one, all the way from Commerce, Texas, Adrian Harrison. Washington, D.C., Wally, Waffles, Horton. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Women Respect Us podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kay. Today I have my co-hosts, Adrian and Wally with me. How y'all doing? I'm doing all right. No, no. Another day. Yeah. Uh, today, we have a special guest. Uh, I have a friend of mine here. With, well, we have a friend of mine here with me. Uh, my friend Chris, who I've known for the past few years, is joining us for a basketball topic. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Likewise. Um, so, Chris, uh, being that we're talking about basketball, well, first, before we get into that, um, you want to give like the, I guess the viewer or the listeners, like a brief history of how we know each other. Yeah, man. We met at this point. What was it? I think 2016. Yeah. Damn near four years ago now, man. Time is flying. Uh, four years ago, uh, up in Philly, Maricor yeah. served a year together. Mm-hmm. Really connected really well, man. There it's another brother in the program. And, um, yeah, dude, I mean, just connecting over sports, service, life, women, et cetera. So here we are four years later, man, present day. Yeah. 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 I'd I'd go as far as to say I have uh, two best friends in life, and that's Wiley and Chris. So. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said before, we have a basketball topic. So real quick, Chris, uh, could you give us like, you know, any of your history that you have with the sport of basketball, like watching it, playing it, et cetera? Yeah, no doubt. Um, really didn't get into the game until about middle school. Um, I come from a family that's really engrossed with the sport, so I grew up around it, but I'd say around 6th, 7th grade, the switch just went off for me, or rather went on, and um, I became obsessed with the game as far as trying to play it, watch as much of it as possible, and uh, study the game as well, man. So I grew up in Jersey, grew up a Nets fan, Jason mm-hmm. Kidd, my favorite player, my idol growing up, uh, played street ball at the park, local kids. And then um, took it to uh, high school as far as trying out for teams. Unfortunately, due to some health issues, I wasn't able to make the cut when I did get serious with the game, um, starting about uh, my sophomore year as far as trying out for the high school team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, continued to play, uh, you know, here and there all the way through. And kind of switched to just – you know, being more of a an observer and appreciator of the game. Once I got into college, I kind of drew back um, as far as hanging up my playing shoes then. But it's something 
something that's still near and dear to my heart. And uh, yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a component of my uh, sporting life. So that's yeah. kind of where I am with the game now. Yeah, um, I'm gonna throw this in there. I think we were chilling one night. We were chilling the night that uh, Kawhi Leonard hit that shot over the Sixers, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> which was crazy which was crazy yeah game seven philly versus toronto round two yeah 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 but uh but yeah all right man so we're gonna get into it uh if y'all been listening to our series so far we've been doing the top five greatest of all time at each position um most recently we did small forward so this week we are getting into the top five greatest power forwards of all time and yeah, so we're just going to start at five and count down to one. Um, does anybody want to go first? You know, we got to let our guests go first. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Chris, let's let you go first. Sounds good. So laying out my top five um, and just, you know, guide me on this. Do you guys want me to go through five through one, one through five, or just we're taking it one at a time? One just at one time. at a time. Just one at a time. Perfect. And am I going my fifth ranked or just it doesn't matter what? Uh, your fifth ranked, and then we'll, as everybody gives their fifth, we'll just go to four and then to three, et cetera. Cool, cool. So start at number five for me, and before I get into it, you know, uh, when we were discussing this topic, I was just like, man, of all the positions, I feel like power forward is, when we talk about top five for me, that was pretty easy and straightforward. So representing the hometown out here in Philadelphia, where I'm currently at, is going to be Mr. Charles Barkley. I do for his height, his size. You know, we know he exceeded um, on the court despite you know having those height disadvantages, especially in the era that era that he was playing, um, mid to late '80s and breaking into the early '90s. Of course, Um, a guy who is known, uh, renowned for his rebounding abilities, Um, not so much of a scorer. You think about when you think about Charles. Of course, Charles could do his thing, scoring the ball as well floor general, and then his personality, of course, larger than life um, on and off the court. But I think when you look at his legacy as far as someone who just performed so well, ascended to uh, win league MVP, um, a couple rebounding titles, for me, Charles definitely is uh, in that top five. Mm. 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 I respect that. I I respect it. That's fair. But I want to go next because – Mine's about to be controversial, so um, I feel it's best I just go ahead and get out the way. Okay, so I feel like I got to reiterate my um, stance in regards to these top fives that we've been doing for these past few weeks because um, another viewer of the show reached out to me and he made a comment about how I do my list and everything of that sort. And I, I explained this to Kay. Me and Kay were talking one time and I was telling in my case, this is the greatest power or greatest players of all time. So the top five greatest at each position and not the best necessarily, but the greatest. And I was trying to explain that I differentiate greatness from being a better player. You might be a better, more skilled player. Let's say someone like Tracy Grady, but then somebody else like Jerry West might end up having a greater career or a greater be end up being the greater player because of the accolades. And that's that's where I go with like with winning and certain accolades. That's that's where your greatness comes from. So, um, in saying that, uh, let me shout out to my honorable mentions of Elvin Hayes, 
Kelvin, Kevin McHale, Chris Webber, Carl Malone, and Charles Barkley in um, um, Dolph Skays. Uh, he played in the 50 60 time frame, so I wanted to give him respect too. So, but uh, after saying my honorable mentions, I want to go into my fifth. And my fifth power four of all time is Dennis Rodman. So, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought you were gonna say Debussier or something. Um, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Dave Debussier did not make my list. Um, but, um, hey, you said something controversial. Well, because Chuck wasn't on it. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I just felt like I, I should get that out of the way. But you know, everybody knows Dennis Rodman's like resume. You know, he got the five championships and everything, three with Jordan, two with the Bad Boy Pistons. You know, everybody knows how great of a rebounder um Dennis Rodman was. And like during that like ninety stretch, like he was really at his peak of rebounding. Like during that ten year stretch. He averaged like basically 16 rebounds a game, and I had I saw this stat and it was like the person that averaged the second most in the 90s was Shaq, and Shaq averaged three and a half rebounds less than Dennis Rodman throughout the 90s. So that's how like great of a rebounder Dennis Rodman. And then when you even even when you go to the advanced stats, um, what's called like he he's third all time in rebound percentage. Um, he's just behind what's called Andre Drummond, which everybody knows how great of a rebounder. Andre Drummond in, and surprisingly, Hassan Whiteside. And wow. if you don't, yeah, that was surprising too. But if you know, yeah. if you know what, if you don't know what rebound percentage is, it's basically, let's say there's a hundred rebounds in the game total for the entire game. He grabbed, and he, he um, his was, uh, I believe it was 23%. He grabbed 23% of the possible rebounds in the entire game. So out of the hundred rebounds mm-hmm. in the total game, he grabbed 23 of them himself. So that's basically how the stat works. And when you look at somebody, another great rebounder such as Will Chamberlain, he falls all the way down. He's at 19.4%. And you look at somebody like Dennis Rodman at 23%. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a noticeable difference. Yeah. So uh, other than that, everybody knows he's a great defender, the two-time defensive player of the year, you know, all the all defenses and everything else, the rebound champions and all this stuff. But, there we go. Like Dennis Rodman is my number five. All right, Man, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that either. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, well, before I say mine, I had my honorable mentions. I had Chris Webber, Amari Stoudemire, and uh, Chris Bosh. You know, Miami Heat legend Chris Bosh. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. With them blood clots, they didn't get them. We'd be winning championships right now. <laughs> way we never retired. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, for my number five, I had uh, uh, I had Charles Barkley slash mm. Kevin McHale. Okay. So too great. Because I was like, well, Charles Barkley is great. Like, top five great. But he don't really have no, well, he don't got a ring. But I mean, he has other like he has accolades, but he just don't have a ring. And Kevin McHale is like he has accolades and rings, so it was like I just uh, I don't know. I feel like they're both not equally great, but they're both great, like great enough to be in that five spot. So that's that's just where I had him. Okay. Hey man, great minds think alike on that one. You know, know, I was like, I don't know. And this is the second time I did this because I did split Scottie Pippen and Kawhi. 
because I was like, I don't know, man. That's just a hard decision right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess I'll go. Um. So I I actually did some last minute editing here with my list. Um. But I'm gonna just throw out some of my my honorable mentions as well. So I have Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman and Elvin Hayes as mine. <gasps> um. Yeah. Uh, Chris Webber, I will not put in mind because look, comparing his accolades to other players, it's it's very pitiful. Yeah, he is non-existent, non-existent. I, like nothing, nothing against him, but like it's very clear that there are players ahead of him. Like he only what like five-time All NBA. Um, you, I, I don't know. I was just looking at his stats. Like, did he actually play in the NBA for longer than five seasons? You know what's crazy about that? You, did, you, did you used to watch Open Court? Yeah, 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 I still watch those. Yeah, remember when they, you know how they show everybody else's like achievements and stuff. You know they used yeah. to put in front of his rookie of the year, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "That's so disrespectful." Member, member of the Fab Five, yeah. rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I think he had a lot of potential coming out of college, but I don't know. But um. And I was I was I was thinking his his stuff was gonna be higher, but I'm not to get into Chris Webber too much. Uh, I'm I'm going to agree that Charles Barkley should be fifth. Um, pretty much today, I was I was back and forth between Charles Barkley and Carl Malone, like who was better. And I think Carl Malone, accolades wise, as far as like awards and stuff and and numbers, blows Charles Barkley out of the water. Um, but you know, to reiterate to you know y'all listening, um, I'm trying to go by a formula of legacy is the most important factor. Then ac- then comes accolades, then comes the numbers, the statistics and whatnot. So factoring all of that in, I felt like Charles Barkley's legacy and what he means to basketball is is greater than what Carl Malone meant to basketball. Even though Charles, even though Carl Malone had better has better numbers in is higher on like the all time scoring list and all those things. Um, I don't know. I just felt like Charles Barkley had more of a significant impact. You think about like what he what he meant to like the when they both were on the dream team, but like Charles Barkley when they were overseas was like a big like draw for the media and whatnot. And you know there were comic books of Charles Barkley, all just all types of extra stuff that made him more of like a star in the NBA. Well, you know, Carl Malone was just kind of like a player that was just really good. So I'd say like Charles Barkley's like legacy, his greatness, even though he never, you know, never really won an NBA championship, I'd say he, he is is deserves to be in the top five. Me personally, kind of the last thing I'll say is when I think of power forwards, Charles Barkley's one of the first players to come to mind. So it, yeah, he has to be in the top five over Carl Malone for me. That's fair. I I, like I was gonna put Charles Barkley in mind too at first, but like I reiterated in the beginning, like it's not necessarily the best player, but the greater player. Obviously, Charles Barkley is better than as a skilled player than Dennis Rodman, but I go with greatness. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. All I'm gonna say is, Carl Malone's not in my top five. He's not <laughs> even in my honorable mentions. Wow. 
which is mind blowing. Yeah, man, that's crazy. He's a nasty. <laughs> man. It's it's because it's personal bias. He's a nasty man. Like mm-hmm. I looked past Jason Kidd, like slapping his wife one time, whatever he did. Because like I mean, it is what it is. Man. It happened. <laughs> but Carl Malone getting teenagers pregnant. Wait, we taking hold up. We're taking off the court stuff into this. Okay. Listen, right. man. Listen. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's not it's not respecting women. I got I got I got to like you as a player. This is the this women's like, respecters podcast. I like Carmelo, I guess as a player he's cool, but it's just like eh, this is like some stuff you just can't. Don't do. even claim his kids. He don't claim his kids. That's the craziest part about that. It's like I can't respect you as a player if you just you just not being stand up. And then he was against Magic Johnson playing. I was like, man, this man right here. Well, FYI, all my picks are about their performance on the court. Yeah, that's, right? man, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's I, fair. I, I mean, there's no evil, see no evil regarding anything that happened. Listen, man. If we want to get into it, we can get into it. <laughs> Kurt Stockton is the reason Carl Malone was successful. Hey, amen. Mm. <laughs> Pick and roll saved that man's life and still couldn't get a ring. Shout out to my goat, Michael Jordan. Yeah, anyways, that's all I had to say about that. All right. Um, Getting back to the power forwards, um, the top five, let's get back to number four. Who wants to start off this time? I'll take it. I think we're going to go right back around. And since you folks did honorable mentions, I'm going to throw – you know what? I'm going to wait on my honorable mentions. I'm going to wait because now you guys got some ideas flowing for me. But um, for number four, this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to go ahead with it. Uh, um, this one's a little, yeah, man. I'm gonna go ahead with it and say uh, I picked this one kind of on the fly, mm. but um, got to rep the international game as well. I'm gonna go with Paul Gasol out of Spain. Wow, that's honestly that's really fair. I'm glad you did that. That is yeah. really that's really fair. I put him on my sinners list because um of. Other reasons, but I'm glad you did that. I'm glad. I'm glad you yeah. put Carl Gasol in. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Gasol. Um, of course, we know drafted by the Grizzlies, man. And I know for me, those early years on the team were kind of vague. But towards the end of his Grizzlies run, um, he was the sole force why that team was even getting into the playoffs, man. And once he finally got uh, with the Lakers, I mean, the guy's basketball IQ, passing ability to hit the mid-range shot, take it to the hole. Um, not the greatest defensive center, or rather power forward, even though we know he did uh, jump on the center uh, role a little bit. Uh, the, dude, the dude was was, was a problem, man. And um, we know his impact with the national team in Spain as well, um, leading him to a couple of uh, finals. Um, fortunately, you know, for Spain, losing to the USA in a couple of those. But yeah, man, Paul Gasol is going to be number four for me. I didn't even consider Paul Yeah, that's, that's what crazy. I said. That's crazy because I, I, the reason I didn't consider him is because I looked at it. A lot of his games played were at the center position, even though he right. is a power forward. So I was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Just because it's a touchy thing, I don't, I'm just going to leave him right there. But if Paul, mm-hmm. if I did put him on there, he definitely would be, um, he definitely probably make my, I don't know. He probably had to go honorable mention, but he'd be close. He'd probably be 5B actually. For me, so I'm glad you put him in there. I respect that. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about him, to be honest. Yeah. 
Because you, you look at that resume, both international, because this is just basketball-wise. So both internationally right. with him winning and being over here in the NBA and him getting his um, two championships, like, it's hard to argue against his resume. He definitely helped Kobe get those rings. Yeah, I mean, that did, you know, I was reading some other things, and, you know, you have a couple of analysts saying he probably should have been the uh, finals MVP, and uh, I think their second one they were saying that he got with them. Um, it might have been their first. I think those last two was, what, Boston, Orlando? Yeah, it was Boston, Orlando. It was okay. Orlando first, then Boston. Oh, wait, yeah. Gotcha. Orlando. Uh, it was Orlando first? No, wait, no, yeah. wait, was it? No, or was it Boston first? Yeah, Boston, I think, and then Kobe's okay. last one was Orlando. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think they were saying like he should have been considered. Uh, probably sh- some people are arguing like he probably should have got MVP. Yeah, I mean against yeah. Boston. Because if you think about it, if if Paul Gasol doesn't show up, if they don't trade for Paul Gasol, Kobe's not a Laker anymore. If you were go, if you go back and remember, Kobe wanted gone. He didn't want to be there anymore, and he was like, "I'm I'm leaving." And then they were on the downward um spiral. And then they made right. that trade for Powell Gasol, and then immediately they flipped a, like, a switch, and they started winning, and then he was like, you know what, I can stay here now, because y'all finally got me some help. So if they right. don't get Powell Gasol, Kobe, we don't see Kobe retire as a Laker. And you know what's interesting about that trade, too, is I was shocked that they were able to hold on to Bynum. Uh, yeah. And that did, well, to keep an asset like Bynum with Gasol, um, which, again, puts Gasol in his natural power forward position. Um, you know, gives that spacing that the triangle offense requires as well. Mm-hmm. His passing ability in that offense. I mean, that really opened things up for that team, you know, making those final runs. Yeah. So definitely, I definitely respect that pick, especially, you know, with the stuff you're saying. Because I, you know, I hadn't even thought about it. But nah, he, you could, you could make the argument he belongs here in the top five. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, if I if I definitely have him I, at least at five B, like he definitely would have made my him. list if I would have um, considered more of a power forward. But that's what I like. That's why I like the fact that he's there. Yeah. But um, yeah. Moving on to the next one. Uh, you want to go next? I'll, I'll go next. Uh, you know, number four. I, I had him at five at first, but then I was like, nah. He got a ring, so he deserves to be a slot high. So uh, my number four is Dirk Nowitzki. I knew you. I knew you. I knew you were about to say that. Yay! <laughs> Revolutionized the game of basketball for big men that can shoot, and mm. uh, he paved the way for a lot of people. You know. Yeah. He he made it acceptable for what things are happening right now. Not to blame him or nothing, but I mean, it's just he did it. Yeah. Well. Not for, but you know, he did it. He made it hot. Yeah. You know, got a fancy signature move that many people still do these uh, days. You see Kevin Durant on the block using that move in the mid range too. It was really a uh, rough watching those last couple years because, goddamn, that the man can't were move. Terrible as hell. Man can't move. <laughs> Golly. As soon as they got Dirk out of there, things started clicking. No, I'm just playing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I don't know. He's just a he's a good guy, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the fact that he beat my team in the finals, but it's cool. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. It's 
still blaming LeBron for that. Hey, hey, man. Blame Jason Terry. D-Way would have had another finals MVP. But LeBron couldn't see that happen. So, <laughs> he threw the series. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, number four is Dirk. Uh, yeah. Big European. Fade away. All of that jazz. The tall baller from the G. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, visit basketball reference. Oh, I did. They got the names they have on them for us: Dirty, Tall Baller okay. from the G, All right. and the German Race Car. What? German <laughs> Race Car. Come on. <laughs> I've never heard anybody wow. reference Dirk Nowitzki yeah. as any of these things. Yeah, hey, go to go to Basketball Reference. I had the nicknames ready for him. That's crazy. Wow, <laughs> that's so wild. It is. Yeah, uh, number four for me, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, I, mine is the same, so I'll go right after that. Um, as why I already said, you know, he got the champion, you know. He's a one-time MVP, one of the rare people to get that 50, 40, 90, and he got it his MVP year. You know, he was a baller. That uh, championship run, he went. they went through a lot. The, the Mavs weren't even looked at as contenders. And everybody always talks about that Heat series, uh, LeBron choking, but nobody talks about the series before uh, them sweeping the Lakers and Andrew Bynum, RKO, and JJ Barea out of the air. <laughs> JJ Barea for flying elbow. I was like, what is he on? Yeah, and then took his jersey off and walked off like he did some like uh, like he suspended, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Derek, you know, six all time in scoring. That uh, little fadeaway did work. I still remember, you know, since um, I moved to San Antonio later, obviously, but I'm originally from Dallas, Dallas area. So I went to um, a lot of Mavericks games. And I still remember the game that uh, it was a Celtics game. And I remember what's called Rondo wasn't playing and Paul Pierce wasn't playing. Um, but Dirk, had, Dirk got his thousandth block in that game. And I, they made it such a big deal. And I was like, how are you just now hitting a thousand blocks? Like, it was, I was like, I was so caught off guard. I was like, I know you're not known for defense, but that's kind of wild. You've been playing for like 13 years, 15 years, how, where, how old I was at the time. You're just not hitting a thousand blocks. And that's my one Dirk memory I really remember. But, um, you know, I had to throw in something like a crazy stat. You know, Dirk led Dallas to first in points per 100 possessions in his 20-year career throughout his entire 20 years. Like, if you if you average out, he, like the, the Mavericks were first in points per 100 possessions. So, mm-hmm. they had a yeah, you know, really good offense with Dirk controlling and being the main focal point. But, yeah, shout out to Dirk and his um, queen that he has representing. Yeah, beautiful sister. I think she's from Sweden. My mistake. Mm-hmm. Germany or Sweden. Black black chick. Yeah. Black woman. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, respect to Dirk. Um, for me, I'm like just scrolling through my notes. Uh, for my number four, I picked... This is this was like the last minute change. I put Bob Pettit as my number four. That's fair. And time out, I, time out, time out. Yeah, time out. 
right, look, I, I get it from the stats, you know, the stats perspective. But um, you know, my thing with 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 pre modern era, let me just say pre nineteen eighties. Yeah. How many people live saw Bob Teddy play? Hey, that don't matter. <laughs> Level of competition. Hey, he can only Maybe play who's in front of him. Mm-hmm. But let, let, let me let you make your case. Let me let you make your case. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so still, still trying to go with the formula of of legacy, <laughs> then accolades, and numbers. Okay. But um, just for a second, I'm a, I'm a focus on accolades. Played 11 seasons in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Ten of those, the first ten of those, he was all first team NBA. And the last one, it was second team NBA, all NBA. So all, all, all his career, he was all NBA, yes, all sir. NBA player, all star, all of those years. Um, won four All Star MVPs, won two MVPs, won a ring for what was it the St. Louis Hawks at that time? Fifty seven, fifty eight season. Won uh, two scoring titles at that time, and even though he only played eleven, uh, eleven seasons and played about half as about like you know somebody like Dirk or Kevin Garnett he sits at 43 um 43 overall career 43 43rd in career points Jesus <laughs> to say 40 he's only 43rd in career points scored where you know they're like somebody like Kevin Garnett who played twice as long as only he's at 21 so he's not that far ahead of him um, you would think like longevity would allow Wait, you. Wait, what? Even. I thought Kevin Garnett was eighteen. Well, according to Basketball Reference, points overall um, for career. So there's they have uh, NBA career and there's then they have a separate one called career. Oh yeah, I, I guess yeah because you know whenever they do the all time scoring record, they only count regular season points. So like Kareem's record is only regular season points. If you oh, add his playoffs, it goes over forty thousand. So, yeah. yeah, if you do the regular season normal stuff like they do, Kevin Garnett falls into, you know, 17th but or 18th, yeah. and then when you do career. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't so, know, I didn't know that. Okay. I've been going off of the, the second one, which I guess it does include, like, uh, playoff points or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that aside, he's, like, 21st in rebounds, surprisingly. Um you look at somebody like Dennis Rodman, who's like became known in the later half of his career as a rebounder. He's twenty fourth, you know. Uh, and Charles Barkley, also known as a rebounder, is number twenty in old career rebounds. So that I don't know, played a shorter career than all these players, but still has the numbers. And you know, I was reading about him. You know, this was the fifty. This was pre. A lot of the the players with larger names that we know, but they were, you know, one of the claims that they were making was he was considered the premier big man in in the NBA, you know, prior to your Bill Russells and your uh, Will Chamberlains and et cetera. But you know, when he was in the league, he was he was the guy as far as big men go. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, legacy. I mean, I feel like that that fits in the legacy. You know, I know who I knew the name Bob Pettit before we. Like years before we got into this, so, and I'd heard like NBA people talk about him, so I knew he had to be something of a big deal. And then I started looking at like his career and stuff, and various lists that other people have made, and like their breakdowns of him, and it's 
he's consistently on a lot of people's top tens for power forward. So, you know, for all that considered, I have to have him in the top five. And I put him fourth because he did win while Charles Barkley didn't. Um, and his accolades are just better. Um, and I don't know. He meant something to the game of basketball, at least for his era and time that he played. Um, so. you're, you're, you're right. Um, if you're finished with yours, before we take our break, I actually do want to jump into third because my third was Bob Pettit, so I want to keep going with that since he's already fresh yeah. on everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah, K already named all his accolades and everything and all that stuff during his own his 11-year career, you know, 26 and 16 guy. But um, here's another thing. In his, what's called, 11 years, even though, like, obviously, you know, some of it was in the 50s, so Bill Russell and Wilt didn't show up till later, but, like, K was explaining how, how dominant he was. In his 11 years, he scored 20,000, almost 21,000 points, and no one outscored him in those 11 years. Jerry, if you just add up everybody's points, like how many points they had in that 11 years span while yeah. he was in the league, nobody outscored him. No, Like, he, he was that guy. Like, he, he was, like, he was that dominant. And the only person to out-rebound him, because he also had, what's called, 50, around 15,000 rebounds, was Bill Russell. Mm. I, but that outside of that, he nobody else out-rebounded him. And another thing, I, um, he's also the first MVP ever, so... I forgot about that. Yeah, he like yeah. that goes with your legacy topic too. Uh he was a very first MVP ever. So you look at his numbers and everything else, you can say, yeah, the level of competition, but like I say, you can only play who's in, in front of you. He can't control where he, when he was born. He can't control any of that stuff. So that's who he's in that's just who he was fortunate enough to play, but he dominated during that time and I just can't fault him for that. Um that that pushed him slightly ahead of Dirk for me because not only did he have numbers, but uh, he had the what's it called he has an extra MVP over Dirk. They both have the championship, but outside of that, like he has to be third for me. I gotta respect the old players. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Since you uh, since you went ahead and did your third. How about we all give our thirds and then we just go into the break like after that? Sound cool? Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go you... and give mine. Uh, my third was a uh, Dennis Rodman, mm. aka the Worm, Venice mm-hmm. the Menace, Country, Psycho, Rodzilla, Rod- Demolition Man. Okay, now you're just lying. Now you're just lying. These are all. This is literally old basketball reference. <laughs> mm. Loco, man. But yeah, Sorry, uh, generational talent. Let me just butt in real quick. Have y'all ever heard anybody call OJ Mayo the grocery list? No. Never. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that recently. I was like, who calls him that? But I'm like, OJ and Mayo, okay, you go to the grocery store, you get, okay. But I'm like, I just just think about these basketball reference nicknames that that came. I heard that 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 the nicknames came to mind. I was like, the grocery list. The grocery list. Yeah. I've never heard somebody reference that man in that way ever. But yeah, Dennis Rodman, generational defender, generational rebounder. Yeah. Very uh, integral part of the Bulls dynasty. Was a second repeat. 
and the Pistons, two-time defensive player of the year. You know, it's just a, yeah, man, good guy. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I'll go. Uh, so I had Dirk at number three. Um, so, like, y'all kind of already touched on, like, Dirk. I think what made him number three for me is just, like, he wasn't the first, like, EuroLeague or European player to come over here and play in the NBA. But I think I, I was trying to think, were there any other European players that came to the NBA, was the face of a franchise, and eventually took that franchise to a championship? And I think Dirk might be the first or one of the few that have done it. And, you know, just 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 him kind of opening the league up more for your league players to come over here and be successful and kind of create that path along with, you know, changing the game as like a stretch big and all that stuff. Even though you had like players like Bob McAdoo who were considered to do that earlier than him, you know, just we see the the roots of we see the the, the I guess the fruit of what. Dirk Nowitzki did for the league present in today's league of how the bigs play with like being more shooters and three point shooters and stretching the floor rather than just being post up close to the rim players. So I think that's part of his legacy. And just like those two things being like probably the premier like Euro league player in the NBA uh, as far as success goes and just like changing the game as far as like what, how the way uh, bigs play specifically fours, but I guess you can consider fives now too. But yeah, I say those two things made him number three for me. Yeah, for me, man, um, this one's pretty easy. I'm jumping into my final big three, and I'm going to start with number three being KG. Garnett. Huh? Get this man oh. off the podcast right now. I want him off the podcast right now. Okay. I want him gone. What is happening? I want this man. Take, make him take a breathalyzer. Let's hear, let's, hear, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out. I need to. Let me just say this too. My picks are eye tests. All right. I'm just going to keep it real with you guys. Yeah. I'm not going off so hey, much. What's the stat? You got to do it, man. What I've watched, what I've seen, um, and kind of where I just rank them, um, you know based on performance that I've observed in my understanding of championships. And another thing that I try to take into account is um, maybe the lens of could this person play and be an all-star in any era. But KG for me, um, again, a high-energy guy, taking it to the whole mid-range jump shot, defensive monster uh, in his prime. Um yeah, man. I'm going to keep it simple and straightforward. KG for me at number three. Oh, we got to take a break. I need some water. Um, we're going to pause it there, guys, and uh, we'll be back uh, shortly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are back. Uh, had to take a little break there, you know. He did not pass the breathalyzer test. <laughs> nah, nah. He good, man. He good. But, uh, yeah, man, we're going to get into probably the most intense part of the list. Now, picks number two and number one. So, we want to start with number two. Who wants we to We know give? who's starting number two. 
Yeah. It's not, this is not a question. <laughs> I need answers. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh huh. Like, who's who, who's going? First, you want to give you number yeah, two. He, he knows who's going. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. All alone, man. Let's go in the middle. What? All right. You know, all, all sports stuff aside, I, I, I take all alone hands down. Oh, I had a feeling you were gonna put him higher. It's these three. And these three are, it's not much of a gap between my final three, man. So, yeah, KG could be interchangeable with Malone at number two. Malone may be three. I just said, hey, these top three for me, um, number one is clear as day for me. So that's really maybe a little bit more space. But two and three probably were the closest. Um, so two and three could be interchangeable. But, yeah, Carl Malone. Yeah. Um, can I ask why? Because I like the color purple. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> Yo. <It's> this man. <laughs> all right, all right. Jail. Okay, okay. <laughs> I understand what you mean, but like, because, like, okay, Carl Malone, you know, second all time in scoring and everything. But Carl, what, like, th- this is the grade. Carl Malone couldn't win. And what what what's your excuse for that? Don't don't give me the stereotypical Jordan excuse because Stockton played twenty years, Malone played a good amount of time, not their their whole careers. Jordan didn't win eighteen championships, so I, I need to know what was his excuse for getting knocked out in the first round all those other years. Did Will Chamberlain yeah, win that? Um, yeah, and I mean, of course, they ran into that Bulls dynasty, but for me. Um, Restate your question for me again, please. I'm saying, <laughs> um, I'm saying, I get the, I'm get, I get the Bulls years. I get the Bulls years. If you want to use that as why he didn't win, but I was saying, Jordan didn't win 18 championships. So what is his excuse for all the other years? Here's how I look at it: What power forward has led their team to a championship outside of really Dirk and Tim Duncan? You know what I'm saying? So that's that's tough for me. I mean. Yeah, I, I, the Bulls, the Bulls is the excuse. The but, Bulls, they ran into them twice. Um, the first one was like what four one Bulls whooped them, or four, I think it was four one. They beat uh, the Jazz, um, or maybe four two. I don't know that series too well. And then the last one went to a game six or seven. It went to I six. The game six. It went six. Okay. Yeah, but um, I'm looking at it as an individual too. I mean, the, the total. A set of skills and abilities on the court, and um, I think I take the pick and pop, I take the viciousness, taking it to the hole, slamming it on you, uh, rebounding defense. Okay. I would take Carl Malone, man, on just about any team I had. Man. Okay, um, I got another that question size, for you. That height, that physicality, as well. Um, to me, he defines, in my mind at least, what a quintessential power forward looks like, mm. uh, can play like. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with the Melman on this. Okay. Right. Um I got a, okay, I got another I got another well, question for you though. I got another, I got another. Sure. Which where would you rank John Stockton? Would you rank him as a top fifty greatest player of all time? John Stockton <laughs> top fifty. Yes, I have to say it. So he had so there's two top fifty greatest players of all time on a team. And you're telling me they couldn't win one ring? 
I played a team. You played Jordan Pippen as top. But that's only that's a like I said that's only for six years. Stockton played twenty years. And uh, how many years did Malone play? He, yeah, he played. He played quite. He, oh, he played eighteen that's seasons. Really yeah, he played eighteen right. seasons too. So, so if he what played, you bring up a really good point. This kind of feeds into some other conversations I have about the moment. Like I think ninety basketball personally was probably the most parity in terms of the quality of teams you had to go through, um, West and East, in terms of like teams being stacked, probably level of coaching across the league. Um, and then free agency still not being as robust as it later became in the 2000s. So, I mean, for them, you know, being in Utah, that market, not maybe being able to build that type of team, and still yet playing in that Jerry Sloan offense, um, and kind of building that thing organically, man, from the late 80s, uh, from drafting those players, going through the early 90s, those trials and tribulations, you know, losing in the first round, making it a little further, losing, and you finally get the breakthrough in, what, 90, 96, 97, and then you get back again, 97, 98. I mean, I, I think that was as good as it was going to get for those guys um, from a team, from a collective team standpoint. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Hmm. I don't know. I just... I don't think you can hold that against Carl Malone. Like, I feel like that you can make players. that argument. People make that argument about players like, oh, why don't they win? And it's like, you got to, his situation, him being the pretty much the main scorer on that team, like, when teams are set up like that, you can't really win, you know. We're it's having like, two top 50 players of all time on the team. Yeah, but like. And a two time like defensive player of the year on the team. But yeah, we were talking like defensive player John, of the year going to do. He John, first. Like, no, I'm saying, I'm saying scorer. with that, with that same formula. I'm like, look at, look at, look at that Bulls team. You have also two top fifty players of all time, right? Right. And then you have a defensive player of the year as the third, right? Right. And so, yeah. like I said, outside of those Bulls years, why couldn't that same form? Like, why can't like you got two top fifty players of all time? In a two-time defensive player of the year, why couldn't they win any other year outside of those Jordan years? They had to get past they didn't have a team built like Look at that Houston team. Yeah, Houston. Like um, Houston had multiple guards that could score. Like, yeah, you need you need guards that can score. Yeah, I'm just saying though. I'm saying, but that's two top fifty. They sh- they should be. Able to I mean, out. that's that's only you're still talking about two people. You still well, no, they still okay. They had you act like they had no other score. They had Hornacek there too. Hornacek was a good scorer. I, so you need more. So you have, I'm saying you have good scorers out on the outside around you. You have some players that can shoot. You have a defensive player of the year and you have two top 50 players of all time. And it, like, if they were losing constantly in the Western like conference finals, like me and Kay were talking about this earlier, I could give them a pass. They were losing a majority of their games in the first round. I mean, just the NBA, man. Well, no, no, I'm just saying for him to be, if he's a top 50 player, we getting wrapped up in this. Hey, I'm, because I'm, you know how I feel about Kevin Garnett. I mean, it's his opinion. Yeah. I I know, I'm not, I'm just, I want to know, I'm just trying to see where he's coming from. Pushback, no doubt. I I absolutely welcome and appreciate the pushback. Yeah, it's not like I called him an idiot or anything. I I respect his opinion. I'm just, I'm just asking questions because I'm trying to figure it out. We still got to get to these number two. Man. All right. 
Yeah. Uh, my number two is Kevin Garnett. Um, uh, that's also <laughs> my number two. The big ticket. Now, when he was talking about like Karl Malone's intensity or whatever, I was like, yeah, he might have been intense, but I, I don't think anybody is more intense ever than Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Like, that's 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 it. Ben Wallace? Nah, man. Nah. Uh, Big, Big, Big Ben wasn't doing that. KG, you like when you if you watch the game without sound on, like a whole Kevin Garnett, just watch a Kevin Garnett highlight tape. And you're Anything like, is possible. He he's like just, yeah, just watch that. Like that's hype. Like that that man, I don't know, man. He's just he's just mm. I don't know. I just saw a clip of him talking about uh his workouts mm-hmm. when he was about to get drafted and uh he was Pat Riley was like, Dang, why am I here watching this high school kid? And then Kevin Garnett went through the story, he was talking about he was like, Oh, all right, I'm about to show you while you're here and then he was he was telling the story and then he did like a dunk. Like, I guess he said he dunked and then he picked he went up into the mic and he yelled into the mic. I was like, Yo, Yeah, Come on now. Yeah. And, you know, KG, you know, uh, as you said, he was intense. He's also great. If um, Carmelo won, he would also be there. So I respect that. But um, KG has the championship, the defense player of the year. Not only was he such a versatile defender, like, because he could guard, he could guard threes, he could guard fours, fives. He could switch onto a guard at times, like in short spurts. Like he could switch on there, like, since he was so long and athletic, he was just an animal in that regard. He had a great mid-range jumper, could post you up, could take you off the drive and dunk on you. Um, you know, ninth all-time in rebounds, second all-time in defensive rebounds. It's just, he's, he's just amazing. Um, me and Wiley and a couple of our other friends have talked multiple times about what would happen if, instead of wasting his prime in those Minnesota years, if you flip if you like swap him and Tim Duncan, like what would be it? Would the result be similar, or would it, would it be a different result, or what would happen? And it's just a what if game, and we'll never know. But yeah, Kevin Garnett. That yeah, that, I don't know how that would. Go. Uh, you know, it's crazy. You don't even have to swap him, uh, swap him with Tim Duncan. You could just like literally put him on a team that isn't the Timberwolves. <laughs> Not any team, but just like put him. Like, put him in a winning position because they didn't care. Well, I'm not going to say they didn't care, but, I mean, they didn't build around him, so I guess they didn't care. It was so. also difficult in that early years. Remember when they got caught in that scandal and they lost all their draft picks and all that other stuff? Man, I would have left the team right after that. <laughs> well, you all got no draft picks. What am I doing here? And nobody in free agency is coming this way, so the only thing well, y'all can do is trade. come to Minnesota, bruh. Yeah, and it's like, what can you trade for? Because y'all don't have any assets because your team's not that good. You don't, you don't have no draft, draft picks. picks. <laughs> so y'all are just... Man, listen. Yeah. I'm a, if I was KG, yeah. I would have been on the first thing smoking to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm going to just chime in and just say I have KG as well. But since we're already talking about it, y'all can, y'all can keep going. Man, it's just, I don't know. Kevin Garnett should have at least four rings. That's just how I felt about that, it. I, I felt if he didn't waste so much. And then... Um, him got how he got hurt when the Boston was trying to go again. If he wasn't hurt, I feel like we could have made a longer run. Um, we could have won another championship. He's just he was just great. He arguably he was 
a lot of people would be like, oh, well, Paul Pierce got the finals MVP. Kevin Garnett was the best player on that team. Um, Absolutely. It was arguable that Paul, I mean, Kevin Garnett should have got that finals MVP. But, you know, they always look more towards the scoring, and Paul Pierce was the leading scorer. But KG being the anchor of the defense and still contributing offensively, to me, that, that just weighs more than someone who's just scoring, like how Paul Pierce was. But I'm not a voter, so it doesn't matter what I think. But what we need to do is get into this number one because Timmy okay. D. I think everybody right. is the same number one, right? Yeah, I think uh, we all. I think we all if you have a different number one, I'm tur- I'm closing right. my laptop. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do it. Right. I'll close my laptop right now. <laughs> you know, David Robinson was a cool guy. You know, admirable. Whatever he was called. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he was cool. But when Tim Duncan, the best power forward of all time, came to that team, it was over for that old man. <laughs> Carried that man to a championship. Yeah. Bro, After remember David when we were Robinson watching that game? Murdered by Hakeem. We were back there re-watching that, um, that final series. <laughs> watching all the, everything that Tim Duncan did. It was like, oh my god, This man is a monster. This how he's showing out in his first finals? This how he's showing out? That's not the finals where he had uh, the 3.3 blocks a game. No. Nah. That was against the Nets. That was the Nets yeah. where he had that. Well, he yeah. should have had that quadruple double, but they cheated that man. But yeah, man. I, I think he, he's the leader in blocks. In, in playoffs, yeah. He's the all time leader yeah. in block shots in the playoffs. Man, listen, man. Tim Duncan is not only skilled on the offensive side, bank shot, post up, whatever, whatever you want. He can give you a midi. He might occasionally shoot a three. Very rare, but he can do it. But he was, he was very skilled offensively. But that defense, Whew. that's that's an anchor right there. Even like, in his later years when he couldn't even really move no more. Even when he couldn't, like, block shots, he can still affect them. Yeah, when like, they were showing, like, the percentage of shots he affected, like, they are like, yeah, he's not blocking a lot of shots anymore, but he's a affecting shot like if he contests your shot your shot percentage dropped so much it was like jesus christ that's how much of got that hall of fame intimidating <laughs> you know never won under 50 games outside of that lockout year we don't count that year because they really didn't, they didn't even play that many games but never won under 50 games um never won le- um less than 61 percent of the possible games played mm. yeah Third all-time in wins, only behind Kareem and Robert Parrish. Mm. <sighs> Six all-time rebounds, fifth all-times in blocks, 14th mm. in scoring, break, doing it on both sides of the ball. Mm. You know, that five-time champion, two-time five MVP. Time. Ooh, we need some music playing right now. I need I need hey, them hey, heavily. Hey, 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 I heard you. I heard you hey. back there. Ain't no six. Nah. Yeah. Nah. This is six, man. Nah. No, no, no. They did what they did. What? They did what they did. Tim Duncan came in illegally in that game. I remember. (laughs) I remember. Oh, my goodness. Timmy, the big fundamental. Groundhog Day. What they know about Groundhog Day? Man, that man (laughs) should have six rings if they would. Greg Popovich never subbed him out to try to go play small ball. Possibly have six rings, you know, Ty Jordan. Then it'd be just like, boom, bap. 
he would have been my goat. Just saying, no, you know what I'm saying. Really? I don't know. Hey, I I know about that. Fifteen all defense, fifteen all NBA, man. Man. Uh, well, I, I'm 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 gonna do it, man. I have some mild controversy here. Now, why I don't disagree that Tim Duncan deserves to be in, why I don't disagree that he deserves to be in the top five list. The controversy with him is that apparently 71% of his minutes, according to Bleacher Report, he spent playing as a center. Yeah. So some people would argue that he's been he's seen more as a center than a power forward and therefore on the greatest power forwards of all time list he probably shouldn't belong um but do you take Kevin Garnett off too I I saw that list do you take Kevin Garnett off too though because Kevin Garnett played a good amount of his minutes at center too and like I was talking about earlier you got majority of his list that uh Kay's talking about but then they put out another list like a year later and I didn't understand yeah Probably backlash. How I feel about it is this. Um, I went and actually looked at because they were referencing uh, basketball reference. And when you look on there, basically basically how it breaks down is this. 63 or however many, 60, however many, the last, from 2006 on, 2006, 2007 season on, he played as a center, right? How I feel about it is most of his accolades, like as far as like, what is What's some of the stuff like uh, the MVPs and the championships? MVPs and like most of his championships and stuff like that came prior to the 2006 season and whatnot. So it's like he and he got that playing power forward. He's his legacy was already established when he was still listed as a power forward. So I have him at the number one at power forward, unless you want to not consider him. As a power forward, and you can probably move up everybody on my list one spot. Well, what what about the same thing with Anthony Davis? You consider Anthony Davis a power forward, correct? But more the majority of his minutes are also at center because he hasn't really been surrounded by competent centers. So he usually forced to play. Even if he starts the game at power forward, a majority of the game he's still going to play center. He just started the game at power forward. So if you break it down like that, it's like, who who was Tim Duncan's option at center? At times it was Boris Diaw. At times it was Tiago Splitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like I, I go based off what they the position they want to be. Like similar, like I said to Kevin right now, how he said he's a power forward, not a center. He's not a seven footer. He's a power forward, but he still played a lot of at center, especially when Perkins went down because it's like, well, we have nobody else. You have to play center. It's like, well, I'm capable of doing it. I just don't want to because that's not the position I feel I should be at. So if the man says he's a power forward, I'm going to call him a power forward. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was just, you know, trying to, I feel about you. trying to like, like I feel how I feel about it as well. I feel like the best part of his career where he came in like rookie of the year and all that stuff, he was a power forward in the earlier half of his career. He was a center in the second half where, they, he had already done the bulk of, won the bulk of his accolades. So it was like uh, when he was playing center, like later on with the Spurs, it was because they had like power forwards that could 
shoot. Wait, Tim Duncan? Yeah, they had they yeah. had stretch forwards. They didn't really have yeah, no. They had a lot of though. playmakers and stretch forwards at the uh, four for them. So yeah, you know, I mean, it just it made sense to do that. But I mean, I still kind of respect. Yeah, he he was he was willing to um, change his role, unlike some other players who would be like, "Well, no, this is what I want to do. I'm gonna stick to this." Blah blah. He was coachable, you know. Yeah, um, quiet but deadly. I wanna, I wanna add a little something real quick. So I'm watching this. I've been watching this series on YouTube called uh, like Making the Case. I think where it's like the guy has like there's eight players that you can make the case are the greatest player of all time. One of the episodes he does uh, Tim Duncan and he tries to explain why Tim Duncan could be considered the greatest player of all time. And people, there's like a lot of criticism of him. Of like, oh, well, he he played with Manu Ginobili, and he had help with uh, Tony Parker, and he had Greg Popovich. He is one of the greatest coaches of all time, and played for one of the best organizations of all time. But the thing that you know, the video goes to kind of establish is when Tim Duncan got to the Spurs, the culture that they have currently is not the the culture that they had then. He was actually integral in like establishing the Spurs as a as a respectable organization like even greg popovich gives his credit for in success to for being such a great coach to uh tim duncan for being so malleable and whatnot so it's like he is the face of that franchise like 50 years from now whatever when you know time will be different and basketball will be doing who knows what four and five pointers or whatever you'll (laughs) still remember like Tim Duncan as being the cornerstone of the San Antonio Spurs franchise yeah. over David Robinson at that. Yeah. So and, uh, Tim mm-hmm. Duncan's coaching them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The championship. The Spurs are yeah. really like the bad boys and nobody really used to care for the Spurs and thought they were like they thought of them similar to the like the bad boy Pistons, how they were dirty players and everything before mm-hmm. Tim Duncan got there. And you notice after that after Tim Duncan got there, they became more team oriented and like their their culture like um it, it nicened up. Like people didn't think of them as bad boys and everything, all the other stuff and dirty players. They thought of them as like good, well coached players that played good team basketball. So you're right, Tim Duncan literally did change their culture. culture change. Because before that, if you go look at the ninety Spurs, they they were not how the end, like the beginning of the '90s Spurs were not how how um what's it called they were at the end. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Y'all got any like last last things y'all want to throw in about Tim Duncan? Uh, well, all, we all we all have Tim Duncan as number one, right? Yeah, we're all in the consensus of giving Tim number one, without a doubt. And that uh, second series against the Heat. I didn't appreciate the way he was mistreating Chris Bosh. <laughs> it was uh, it was hard to watch. Not gonna lie to you. I still remember when we were rewatching and you were talking about help, help that man. Somebody Yo, help Chris Bosh. Murdered. That man Tim Duncan would just catch on the block. All right, one two bucket, one two bucket. You know oh, he you. had the real slow game then too, so it was just <laughs> the uh, fundamentals. Yeah, it was slow. But he got that position, and he knew he knew he had to get to his spots. And Chris Bosh was like, "Dang, I'm moving faster than him. I know where he's going, but he's still getting to his spot, and it's money every time." That man had like 16 in the first half, and Tim <laughs> Chris Bosh is sitting there like, "Dang, what, what do y'all want me to do?" They switching everybody, they throwing everybody at Tim Duncan. He's like, "What that mean, bucket?" 
it's it's really crazy when the oldest person on the court is still giving everybody bumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the um, greatness. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that's our opinions on who are the greatest or the top five greatest power forwards of all time. Um, hope y'all enjoyed this. Uh, I want to shout out our Twitter and Instagram real quick. Um, follow us at Women Respectors Podcast on Instagram at and at Women Respectors on Twitter. Um, y'all got anything y'all want to shout out? No. Nah, all right, cool. Well, as we always say at this time, please re- always remember to respect women and always remember, more importantly, to always respect yourself. We're out of here. Oh, and special, before we get out of here, thank you to our, Chris, our guest, Chris, for coming by. I almost forgot, but thank you for uh, coming and joining us for this episode. We appreciate no it. No doubt, man. It was appreciate my pleasure. You. Thank you for having me. You guys seem like you have a decent take on basketball. So. I mean, we're all right. We try. <laughs> we're all right. <laughs> Bob Pettit. Come on, Kevin. No. Hey, man. You know, just try to, just try to be critical. I appreciate you guys having me. and uh, Keep up the great work. Thank you. And with that... We are out of here.